Hello, Pastor Deborah here again, and this is another global teleministry video of Agape Love. Love is here. This is Pastor Deborah. Once again, I'm sitting at my door in my living room, which you can see part of it behind me. It's kind of messy. I'm doing a lot of cleaning. The sun is shining. The birds are out. I've been up since 6 o'clock this morning. Already put one new story up on the website called Angel Planes. True stories. Actually, I had a person come to me who must have read it and asked me if the stories were real. I said yes. And I then prayed that the father would bring one of the children who had been rescued in an angel plane to this person. I don't know who it was or her. And let them tell their story of how they were rescued. Because what I'm going to talk about in this section of Isaiah, as you can see, 61, we're finishing up verse 3. And it's talking about you may know some things and you may have heard some things but you may not have seen what you have known or heard. Even the angels have heard things and they may know things but they may not have seen the demonstration of what they know. Even Job out of the Bible, he had heard about this God. Never met him. Probably never heard his voice. Never had any personal interaction with him. But near the end of the book, him and this God, oh boy, did they have a conversation in the first meeting. Oh, very long, very good to read. And at the end of it, Job says, now, God, I've heard about you. Yes, I have. But now, I have seen you. That's going to be sort of the theme running through this particular video. So, let's get started. We're still in Isaiah 61 and will be for many videos. Then we're going to go to Isaiah 62. These were the two that kept me in foundation, guided me, and led me. I had to know why this word was sent, what it was bringing with it. I had to know what it was to do inside of this government, this kingdom that was coming on the shoulders of a young man. These, Isaiah, powerful book. It tells you. So when he shows up in the Gospels, if you've read the Old Testament, you've got some good ideas. But then it all has to relate and connect, just like Job. You've heard, but you must see. Even all the living creatures don't know everything. And all the angels who are full of wisdom and knowledge, they may have it. But they haven't seen the demonstration of it. To go, whoa, this stuff is real. 
So let's begin. Isaiah 61. And we're going to always start at the top as we work our way down. And I'll read it to you. Off on the paper if you don't mind. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, is upon the Word, upon the kingdom, the government of heaven, upon Pastor Deborah, upon these words that are spirit and life to you. The Spirit of the Lord is on these words. How? I don't know. That's his business, not mine. Because the Lord has anointed not only the words, but the spirit of Pastor Deborah herself. Oh yeah, I got anointed. I got cleaned up, got new clothes, got some oil poured on, got a blessing. I got anointed. I have to be very careful on what I say, because I can get off track and get outside of the anointing then what I'm saying is not the anointing. And we see that in many, many places where people are supposed to be talking for God, on behalf of God. And they tell you, don't touch, don't argue, don't complain with them because they're anointed. Well, they might have an anointing, but it may not be from the Spirit of the Lord God Himself. He won't tolerate you misrepresenting Him. Or his words. Now he will if you're a little baby. Spiritually. Because you don't know what you're talking about. If you get some maturity on you. And you put yourself out as a teacher. As a pastor. As a prophet. Ooh. My goodness. The responsibilities are tremendous. Alright. So he's anointed Pastor Deborah. Long time ago. To preach. Proclaim. Good tidings. Unto the meek, which we talked about, those that were lacking in strength, proclaim liberty, which means freedom, to the captives. Somebody's being held in slavery. The opening of the prison doors. Somebody's in prison somewhere and the door's been shut, locked. But I'm to come along. These words were to come with me and say, The door's opened. And to those who were bound, they were bound. They were stuck in this prison cell. They didn't know it. You talk to Neo in the Matrix. He was inside of something, all hooked up inside that little pod. He didn't know what he was hooked up to. He didn't know he was in a dream world. He didn't know what was truth and lies. But his heart was seeking truth, a seeker. And until you become a seeking heart, a true seeker, and are looking, and you are not satisfied, you'll be starting your dreams just like Neil did. And Amorpheus, which means God of dreams, he will come to you. You'll start having some of the strangest dreams. Won't have any explanations for them, but your heart will be stirred up even if you're in a cell, a pod, hooked up, taken captive like Neo was. Go watch those three movies, the Matrix Trilogy. Excellent. Go slow. I had to do that with one lady. She didn't believe all the things. I would stop it after a few minutes and we would talk. And she was going, oh, 
I didn't see that. No, she was just being entertained. It was a good story. It wasn't real. She wasn't looking for what was behind it or what was in it. You think these people get all these ideas by themselves? Mm-mm, mm-mm. No way. Okay. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of his being. This anointing of this word. Something was coming to say, today is the day. I'm going to have my vengeance on something. Remember, we were, it was prophesied back in the Old Testament, back in Genesis, to some something in a serpent that said, One day, okay, you bewitched this woman. You tricked her and deceived her. You allowed and you went after Adam to pull him down. To cast him out of my presence like I did you. Okay, you did it. They were innocent. I had no knowledge of you. And I let it happen. Because I had a plan already. You were already beaten before you were created. But you didn't know that. But I'm going to prophesy to you right now, serpent. To the thing inside the serpent. That a seed was going to come through this woman. A child is coming. Ain't going to crush your head. What was the head? The government you're going to set up on earth. This kingdom and territory that you're going to set up. It's going to come and crush it. Oh, you're going to take his heel and you're going to crush it, which means you're going to kill him. But I'm going to crush your government. Oops. Okay. So that was proclaimed. Now all of a sudden we hear in Isaiah 61. The day is here. But in Isaiah it was still being proclaimed to come. When we learn that it's come. It's in the four gospels. When a young man... 30 years old, stood up in his own hometown, his own synagogue. God handed the old book of Isaiah, opened it up and read, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And he read the first verse. And then he sat down and everybody's going, Ooh. And he said, Today, in your ears and in your hearing, Is this scripture fulfilled? Oh, Oh, the people were. Because they believed only God could do this. And this man was surely not a God. They had been so long in the flesh. They had forgot about them being spirits. They were flesh creatures. So they thought this guy was nuts. That he is professing to be God himself. And he is fulfilling Isaiah 61. Powerful stuff. You've got to go very slow. Alright, so now let's keep going. And to comfort them, all that are mourning in Zion, and to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for their mourning, And the garments of praise for their spirit of heaviness. All the videos before this have gone through each one of those. 
So whoever these people were, which happened to be us, humanity, we were in a terrible mess. We needed a lot of help. Now, did we know that? Probably not. Did we know it at some level? Probably, like Neo. Neo didn't know he was in that little pod with all those things hooked up to him. He didn't know that something was being piped into his brain. He was living in a dream world. But there was something in Neo that was searching. It wasn't satisfied. He'd been seeking it. He felt it. He was unsettled by it. Every human spirit is like that, just like that in Neo. But nobody comes to it. No Morpheus has come or Trinities. They almost give up hope. So we learned that the Spirit of the Lord God was going to come and do some stuff to help some people who were in a big mess. Humanity. Just like Neo. If you study Neo... Morpheus didn't come alone. He had Trinity. And other people going into the Matrix. He had freed people helping him. Now they knew his condition. Like I know yours. God knows your condition spiritually. I know what it is. That's why you're watching. Why you're sitting out in my trees. And you're sitting out there in the Perdido Bay. And you're sitting on the fence. On my balcony. I know, just like Morpheus knew Neil's condition. But Neil didn't know it. So we're like in the Matrix. It's just called the realm of the spirit. So why was all of this going on? Why was this spirit of the Lord coming to do all this? What was its purpose for coming? Sure sounds like a lot of work to be done. And here's the why. So they might, this is the end of verse 3. So that they might be called. Called means named. Become in nature. Become in purpose and destiny. When you name something, you give it its title, its identity. You give it its purpose. Remember, Adam named this creature just flesh and bone. So the soul became just flesh and bone. He gave all the animals names, their purposes. So a name is real important. It's your identity. It's gives you purpose and it gives you the why and it gives you your essence and your nature so that they, these people who have been a mess, us you sitting out there could be called and named something what? you had been called meek, mourning prisoners slaves Got a spirit of heaviness. No joy, just ashes. That was your name. A mess. That was your character, your essence. That was your makeup. That was all you were. But he says, I'm going to come along and name me something else. That's why I'm sending my spirit of the Lord. Why I'm anointing my word. Why I put it in my son, Christ Jesus. Why I put it on Pastor Deborah. So she could sit here in front of her door. 
Look out at the beautiful Perdido Bay. The sunny day. See you in the trees sitting on the balcony. So she could call you and name you something else for me. What, are we, what did he want to name you? The spiritual trees of righteousness. What? You want to call me a tree? I don't like that. Tree dies. It ain't very pretty. Don't move. A lot of different kinds of trees. You want to call me a tree of righteousness? Weird. This guy is now looking at me as a tree. Oh, but you have to understand him. He's a parabolic God. He looks at a thing. And he takes all of its attributes. All of its essence and nature and abilities. That he had put into it. He says, that's what you are. Let me, I went to my concordance. And here's what, in the Hebrew... In this scripture, trees meant in 6080. It means strength, strong, chief, tall, a pillar, a support, mighty, a post, powerful, firm, a staff, a rod, tight. Those are all the things when he looked at all the different trees he had created. This sort of was their identity, their characteristics. And he said, I'm going to make you like them. I'm going to make you full of strength. Because you didn't have any. I'm going to make you strong because you were weak. I'm going to make you the chief. Not the tail. I'm going to make you a strong pillar that can hold all kinds of storms I'm going to use you to build up something I'm going to make you a support the foundation of something I'm going to be building I'm going to make you mighty like I am I'm going to make you a strong post that can hold other things up I'm going to make you powerful you can withstand the winds Anything coming against you. I'm going to make you firm in your faith. In your faith. And those were all the characteristics that humanity in the first two didn't have. We were weak. We had no joy. We had no might, no strength, no beauty. We weren't strong. We were cowardly in our prison cells. Bent over with heaviness. We had no joy. So he said, I'm going to make you a tree. Remember, when he talks and had this written down, he's talking in that parabolic language, even to humanity. He doesn't want to reveal everything yet, and it's hard to. But I also had some other ears listening. Those angels that fell. I don't know what he's saying. He's talking strange. Not making any sense. But he knew what he was doing. So he's prophesying to us. You who were weak, without strength, without strong faith. You weren't strong anymore. You couldn't even stand up straight. You were bent over with heaviness. 
You were burned up ashes. I'm going to make you. I'm going to name you. I'm going to recreate you. I'm going to give you a new name now. New characteristics. I'm going to speak and declare. For as I think in my heart, Proverbs 23, 7, so you are. So he was going to do some stuff. And he's telling us in a strange language, parabolic. That's why you can read any Walt Disney movie, The Fairy Tales, Mother Goose, Aesop's Fable. Who do you think wrote all those stories and gave them to him? Mm-hmm. He did. Because he's talking to children. Alright. So he's going to call us a tree of righteousness. A something strong and powerful. Firm. Where we had been weak and frail and without courage and strength. Bent over. Of righteousness. Well, what does righteousness mean? I looked it up in the concordance. It's Hebrews 6664 and 6663. It means make right with a law. Make right, not perverse, whoops, not twisted, not off track, not deviant. It's going to be cleansed. Something was dirty, moldy, smelly, sores and leprosies. I got to cleanse that to make it right. I got to make it clear again. It's filled up with ick. It's like if you ever look at um, cancer and it has tumors, it starts filling up the spaces inside of us. I'm going to take it, going to make it stand upright with no shame, no dishonor on it. No heaviness. It will be able to stand in my presence. It will be able to stand up against its enemies without any shame. won't feel guilty anymore. won't have that spirit of heaviness on it. Bent over. won't be full of... won't feel guilty. It will not be guilty. It will be declared... In right standing, righteousness with the law. Well, what was the law? Love God and love your neighbor. That was the royal law of the father and mother of the kingdom of heaven. That was it. Love. And when they disobeyed, when Adam disobeyed, they didn't follow the royal law. They didn't love their father. Okay, maybe they didn't understand what he was talking about. But love goes, and I have to do this all the time. Love says, I don't know what you're doing to me. You're denying me this. You're making me go through this trial. You're letting me be attacked, poison. But, because I know you love me more than anybody on planet earth I'm going to trust you in that love that you know what you're doing I'm going to hang on to you through love 
and the trust it provides. I may not understand what you're doing, why you told me no. Don't call that person no. You can't go back to church. Too much evil there. No, you can't do that. I know you see far off. You see years ahead of me. I can even see a nanosecond from now. You know what the enemy's plotting and planning against me. I don't know. So out of my love for you, I will obey you. And I may be mad, and I do get mad with him. Him and I have some arguments. And that's okay. But I will obey him. And I always have to remind myself, I can't see what's right around the corner in five minutes, ten minutes, six months, a year. You can. You know the enemy's plans. Did you know that one time, God took me to a satanic council meeting with Satan and his inner demons. I was off. The best way to explain it was high up behind some rocks, watching. Observing and listening. Now, they couldn't see me. I was under a cloak of invisibility. But I listened. I heard his plans. God hears everything Satan says. Even his thoughts of his heart. Even when he doesn't talk. He knows his hand signals. You can't fool God. All these gangs with all these hand signals. You can't fool him. He can talk that language anytime he wants to. So. He was going to make us humanity. Who were a mess. Who we learned. Into a strong clear, righteous creature that was had no shame, no heaviness, no guilt. He could stand up, could go into the courtroom and not be afraid. All of the stuff that it had done and violated this law of love somehow had been taken care of. And he said, I'm going to do that for you. Okay. Then it goes on that we... Okay. So now we know sort of what's going to happen to us. We're going to become a tree of righteousness. And he says, You, this tree of righteousness, is going to be my spiritual planting of me. The Lord, all of creation, all the angels, fallen and not fallen, are going to know, I, the Lord God, the Spirit of the Lord, I did this. I planted you down there. I made you a tree of righteousness. I planted you right there on that earth. I did it. Now, he was... Saying he's going to come back with his strategy, his war plans. He's going to plant a resistance right inside the kingdom of darkness on earth. Going to put my tree of righteousness in there. Going to take that person that you defeated, stole from me, kidnapped from me, lied to him, deceived him, and you kidnapped him. Sort of the first human trafficking and grooming exactly what it is. 
when that serpent was talking to woman, he captured him. And what do you do when your child has been captured, kidnapped, deceitfully, stolen from you, even in their innocence? You go get them. You mount an attack. You send out every day. And you go. You think he could stand back and let humanity stay in this condition? Mm -mm. He's coming. He's telling us. He's coming. He's going to plant us after he's changed us. Excuse me. My hair is kind of wild today. I just don't know. All right. So the Lord said, I'm going to do this to these people. Why? So that I, it says, that he might be spiritually glorified. Well, why would he need to be glorified? Wasn't he the big guy? Didn't he have all power? Yeah. But when his child, Adam, his creation, got kidnapped, human trafficked by this fallen cherubim, taken into slavery and captivity his heart was pierced he had an emptiness in him the, all the plans that he had for them gone they were taken away into the darkness and he had to go get them his love for them had to hold he had his plan he was working through the flesh until everything could come into place. So as he called it, the fullness of time. But I'm going to tell you how this works. When you are a king, which he is, and you have something stolen from you, your reputation has been tarnished because you must not be strong enough to guard your possessions. You let something sneak in. A resist and take it. We'll use the story all of us know called Helen of Troy. This is the one the Holy Spirit gave me. Helen was a beautiful lady. She was married to a Greek man king. I think his name was... I can't remember. I had it on the tip of my tongue. Minolitas or something? That's not right. Well, this town of Troy was also over there in the Greek area and one of their young sons came over there and they did trade they were all Greeks believe it or not sort of and he fell in love with Helen Helen had been abused and would, at this one movie I saw she was to sort of parade naked because this king Menelaus was going to show off his property Helen now Helen had to walk into a room of all drunken men without any clothes on. But she told this young man from Troy, they'll never see the real me. Because the real her, the spirit, was going to go into hiding. She was going to disassociate. So she could walk in there without any clothes on. All these men could touch her breast and gaze at her because what Menelaus was doing 
and saying, look at me, how great I am. I can make anybody do anything. Here are some of my possessions. Some people look at people as possessions, statutes, gold, businesses, property. And when that's taken from you, ooh, do you get mad. So the story with Helen was this young man who loved her. Helen fell in love with him because she wasn't treated very nice by this old king. They left. Well, a king's reputation, you don't come into a king's territory and steal his wife. Don't, it don't matter how nice you were or unnice, you don't do that. Because she was somebody else's property. It's like if somebody tries to come into your house and steal anything you have, what would you do? Your reputation as being able to protect your possessions has now been tarnished. It has been challenged and you lost. So this God was challenged in the Garden of Eden. Now he was different. He allowed this challenge to come because remember he already had a plan. This cherubim was just a created being. He ain't he don't know nothing. He allowed it to happen. But he had a plan because what he was going to do when a king responds to get his property back, which his property reflects his glory, his power, his reputation. In the story, Helen of Troy, they fought for ten years against Troy and it took them building the wooden horse sneaking it in because Troy loved horses now if you watch the movie it's on it's three hours I think it's called the Iliad it's about uh, the story of this man who went to Troy to fight with his cousins to get Helen back because you don't do that to a king you don't come in and befriend them and but sit down at their table and eat and then steal something from them. Ooh, you don't do that. That's what Lucifer did. Now God allowed it. Because he had a bigger plan. He had a lot of things about himself that even creation did not know. They may have had the knowledge of it but had never seen it. Oh, they'd say and kicked that stoot out of heaven. Okay. So what happened in the Helen of Troy? King Menelaus went after her. They fought for ten years. A lot of people died. But once they built that horse and they did a sneak attack on the inside. That horse could also be just like what Satan did inside the serpent. I'll get inside there, but I'm going inside this other body. They got Helen back. Killed everybody. But the king's reputation was at stake. People will die to protect that king's reputation. 
So that's sort of, watch that movie, then watch the one about the young man who said he, I think it was precipitous, and he got the idea to build the horse. He was just bragging on himself and Poseidon heard it and said, uh-uh, till you learn that you are nothing without a God in your life. Okay. So in this one we're learning that this God says, I'm going to do all these things to these my children. They've been lost to my day, a mess. i got some power. And I'm going to show all the angels who didn't fall. I'm going to show all the angels that did fall. I'm going to show all the creatures. I'm going to show everybody some of my stuff that I've had locked away inside of my kingdom, myself. You're going to see things you've never seen before. You didn't think I could make something so filthy and dirty and ugly. And I could forgive their trespassing. Because I didn't do that with Lucifer. And I'll show you the difference. So we learned that he was going to do all of this to glorify himself. Now what you have to learn about this God, there was a lot of things going on. One. He's going to have his reputation among the angels. There ain't anybody else. All the creatures in the garden. All the fallen angels. Okay, These were all his servants. He's going to show himself out to them. They're going to learn more. He's going to demonstrate some of his powers to them. You know, you can be around somebody. And you can know, oh, yeah, they did that. And they created it. Okay. You ain't seen it till they do something. And so what happened was they had knowledge of him, never seen him use it. Heard he was merciful, never saw it because he didn't show it to Lucifer. Heard he was compassionate and could forgive him. He didn't do that with Lucifer. He, He didn't do any of that. He showed his harsh wrath and judgment. So they had never seen his mercy. And his love and his compassion. They never really seen his glory. I mean, if you just pop out and there you are, you go, okay, that's kind of cool. You don't know any different. So this God wanted and desired to express his hidden abilities. Things that were always inside of him. His hidden glory. That only he knew about. Angels, maybe. They had knowledge, maybe. They didn't. He didn't show any mercy and compassion and love towards Lucifer. One third of them. He didn't show. He didn't show that toward the earth when all flesh corrupted itself. He flooded the whole thing, wiped them all out. He didn't show it. And do you know where all those people were held captive? Down in hell, part of shell. They were locked in prison cells. Because until they believed and he dealt with a lot of this stuff legally, he couldn't bring them in his presence. They were stuck down there. But when Christ Jesus went down there for them, from the cross, he preached to them and said, I'm here. Remember what Isaiah said? Remember what I told you was coming back in Genesis? Hey, remember that seed that's coming? I'd be him. I've crushed his head here. The door is open. Come on out. I clean you up now. I'll make you a tree of rightless. Go on up. Now your physical body's long gone. 
But now you can come back into the presence of God, head held high. There's no guilt and shame. All has been taken care of. The punishment has been done. He said, I'm going to glorify myself. I'm going to glorify my love. I'm going to glorify my mercy and compassion and forgiveness. I'm going to let Mama come out. And Mama's going to show her stuff. Her great mercy and love. Tenderness. Patience. I'm going to let my sight come out as the judge. And I'm going to forgive him. Because I got my advocate over here. This lawyer named Christ Jesus. He's going to plead his own life for them. And I'm going to say. Done. Not guilty. Sentence has been paid and served. They may go free. Walk out with your head held high. He was going to demonstrate power. Oh my God. Remember the angels had never seen Lucifer or any of his angels change back into their beautiful estate. They didn't know what rebirth meant. They had just seen Ick. And they were dealing with flesh creatures all the time. They didn't know when it was coming. So in Isaiah, we're still getting told it's coming. We're getting more information. Why is this Spirit of the Lord God going to do this? Because He's going to glorify Himself. So what you learn when you help somebody else when you love on them, bring healing to them. Help them lift their head up. You forgive what they did to you. He had to forgive humanity. You glorify yourself. You are seen as the better person. You are seen as more righteous and loving, kind and merciful. There was also an ache in his heart, a cancer. The spot where these children were supposed to be, where they were supposed to be in love with each other, playing, was nothing but an empty hole. It was cancerous and leprous inside of him. He had to fix himself. And what you learn is when you forgive people who hurt you and disobey you you heal yourself you get healing when you extend mercy to somebody who doesn't deserve it when you extend healing and they're right standing with you in a relationship and oh they don't deserve it they done bad you heal them. You heal the relationship. And you heal your own heart and mind. He was going to glorify himself. He was going to raise himself up in the eyes of all creation and angels. Humanity had even forgotten his name. They cursed him and they worshipped trees and other things and demons. They had forgotten him. Can you imagine the pain he must have felt to see something of his design and purpose that was so beautifully created with such hope and desires to have to be on this new planet called Earth 
And now all earth was moaning and groaning under this sin of Satan. The government that was supposed to be there had to be removed. And independence had occurred. Rebellion. He couldn't even talk to them but just the flesh. Couldn't get through to them. Their spirits were sunk down in darkness and flesh. The lust of the eyes was ruling in the flesh and the pride of life. They were in the hands of Satan in ignorance. But he knew something. That there he had some power and some abilities. So he starts speaking, planning. I'm going to show myself off. I'm going to show things that nobody has seen before. I'm going to glorify me to myself. Because can you imagine you have all power and you can't save the ones you created to love you. They leave you. Don't you think that his own heart ached? Was it worth it creating them? How could he lose them? How does he get them back? Maybe he had a pity party. Don't you know he hurt? We see it when children disappear. Parents don't know what happened to them. We feel their pain and their grief and their agony. How do you think he felt? His beautiful earth was changed to death. His children are captive. They don't even know him. Don't even remember him. They're worshipping trees and rocks. and They're worshipping demons and half-humans and half-demons. Every once in a while he'll break through. You want to hear about a great story? You go study Akhenaten of Egypt. He had a spiritual conversion. He used to be Amenhotet. And he had a spiritual awakening. And he realized there's only one God. There's no polygods. It's the sun God. Aachen. He, tried, he was coming. He was working. All the time. So in Isaiah 61 we learn. That by healing. Helping these precious human spirits in their mess. He was helping himself. Because his heart was aching. He could heal himself by healing us. It's sort of a two for one. So we learn in Isaiah 61. All that he was going to do in the first three verses. Was so that. He would be recognized. All of the angels, both fallen and non-fallen, all of humanity, all the creatures, would glorify Him. He hadn't been glorified in a long time. So all of this was one. He was going to bring glory back to Himself, within Himself. He's going to be able to hold his head up high that he did the right thing. You see it when we have our first responders. When they do a job and help people. You heal yourself when you give and offer healing and forgiveness. 
And when Pastor Deborah offers it, it's not my healing I'm offered. It's His. It's not my powers I'm offered. It's His Spirit of the Lord. He is the one to be glorified. I'm just the instrument and the voice. He is here doing His work for Himself. He's a busy working guy. He ain't sitting back on his little butt doing nothing. He's working. He's bringing that prophecy to crush the head of Satan of ignorance and the prison cells he's going to open. So in Isaiah 61.3 we learn that he wants to glorify himself. His word. His law again. His powers and his abilities. Because all of humanity and creation never seen him do this. So he was on a mission. So this portion of verse 3 tells us why. And you learn that when you help other people and you bring healing and strength and you decree and you talk to them that you're not who you are. There is hope for you to be strong, beautiful out of your ashes. To have a new mind with new thoughts. You're glorifying yourself. This God was saying, I'm going to bring glory to my kingdom and me. And I'm going to do it this way. Take that, Satan. You stole from me once, but I'm coming back. So we're going to finish this. That is Isaiah 61, 3. The next one will be verse 4. And we're going to learn a little bit more about what these new trees of righteousness are going to do once they get healed. And they're no longer meek. They're out of jail and prison. They can hold their head up. They're no longer lawbreakers. And they have glorified God. He's now going to tell us what they're going to do down here. Stay tuned for verse 4 of Isaiah 61. Now, if you would like to be come a tree of righteousness, that you would glorify Him on earth and let Him heal all that ick we've talked about from 1, 2, and 3. Then just nod your head, blink an eye, raise a finger, just think in your heart. Okay, Father, you sent your Spirit of the Lord upon these words, upon Pastor Deborah. You had a mission for yourself and all of creation. Father, you said that you would heal them spiritually. You would bring their beauty for their ashes, the oil of joy and garments of praise. You would open the prison doors for them. And you would give them a new heart. All for your glory. And you would make them right. And able to stand with honor and dignity. No shame and guilt to your law. Father, make them, as your heart desires, a tree of righteousness. So they can glorify you. 
And all of creation will say, you did it. You planted them. You're building your new garden. And all of the angels will bless your name. Even the demons that fell, they will get so mad. They will see something they didn't know about you. Father, fulfill Isaiah 61. Everyone that's under this voice, let your Spirit of the Lord come and do what it was created to do here on earth. Create new trees. Trees of righteousness, strong and majestic. And let them be planted in your garden so that you, sir, that your kingdom, all that you have done, your victory on the cross, is glorified. Death is defeated. Satan and his captivity and ignorance is defeated. Hell is defeated and the grave is defeated. Do your thing, Father. Glorify yourself. Reconnect back to these precious, precious human spirits. In the name of your Son, Christ Jesus. Amen. Look at all the new trees coming up. Clear, smiling. Yeah, get to know yourself. Yep. Now we're going to learn in verse 4 next time. What are we supposed to do? Just because you get all nice and new, right with the law, you're supposed to do something. We're going to learn about that in the next one. So you come again. Get used to yourself now. Be thankful to Him. Give Him glory. Enjoy. Love always and forever. Pastor Deborah, a copy love, love is here. I'll see you on the next one. And we'll pick up at verse 4 because we got some work to do. But first we had to do this. Love you.